Today's scripture is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Send your word, O Lord, like the rain falling down upon the earth. Send your word, O Lord, like the rain falling down upon the earth. You may be seated. So we're going to continue on and start to unpack uh, the Lord's Prayer. You know, last week we talked about kind of the meaning behind the Lord's Prayer and wanting to, uh, for those of us that know and say it every Sunday, to maybe rediscover this prayer, uh, maybe to learn and bring more meaning to this prayer. And so let me just tell you, we could probably go line by line and do this for, you know, three or four months. We're not going to. We're going to speed it up a little bit. And so today we're talking about our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so that's really three main movements, three kind of phrases that we want to dig into. And, and let's, let's first off look at our Father. A lot of what we're going to be talking about is based off of Adam Hamilton's uh, new Bible study on the Lord's Prayer, so let me preface that too uh, and encourage you all to maybe take part in that at at some point uh, as it comes out. Maybe it's already out. I don't really know off the top of my head, but I've got the uh, advanced copy, so I know that I got something. Um, But our Father, right? So it's very intriguing how Jesus uses these words very uh, deliberately. Jesus does not just kind of throw out some words when he kind of shares with his disciples how to pray. And that very first word is so meaningful in how Jesus said it. Because a lot of times when we think uh, uh, about an individual or uh, maybe when we think about God, we think about like my God, we think about uh, how will you do this for me? You know, as society, we really are individualistic in a lot of ways. But Jesus starts this prayer with our, acknowledging the importance of community amongst believers and knowing that that same God who is mine is yours. That same God who hears my prayers hears yours. And so in the ways in which Jesus starts that prayer with that first word, our Father. Kind of gives me a little bit of uh, goosebumps right there. To think about how this community is much bigger than just me. That our God is much bigger than just being my God or your God. It's our God, our Father. 
I also find it uh, interesting as, as I was reading uh, and through um, Adam Hamilton's uh, Bible study and looking at Scripture. You know, he, he says, our Father. And Father can be a tricky word for some people. Because when we think about it, some people have great fathers. Some people have fathers who are loving, who are present, who are in their lives. Some people have fathers that aren't. Some people have fathers that may have abandoned them, may not have treated them in a, in a right way. And so that word can be kind of hard. And, and there was a, a story that uh, Hamilton brought up in, in his Bible study of a professor at Emory who their father, her father, had abandoned her. And so this prayer she talks about, she's a, a church history professor, she talks about how hard this prayer is. Because when, when she says, our father, it reminds her so much of how her father was not there. And so for her in that moment, she chose to say, our parent. Because for her, that memory of her mother and that parental role, that was more meaningful uh, to, to talk about when she talked about God than our Father. But what I think Jesus is doing is Jesus is trying to lift up uh, this idea of, of God being the ultimate Father, the Father that none of our earthly fathers can measure up to. Even those fathers, those earthly fathers who are amazing, and, and I can say this because I have an amazing father in my life, but yet he still doesn't measure up to our godly father. And, and I agree wholeheartedly with, with our uh, professor that Hamilton talks about and how God is way more than just a father for us. God, God has nurturing mother traits in places in Scripture. God loves us, and God is way more than, than this, this label of just Father. God is so much bigger than that. But hearing Jesus say, our Father, it's showing that our God is compassionate, is present, is loving, is steadfast. I think that's what Jesus is trying to, to convey to us in this moment. These traits, a, a God who is merciful, and knowing that in society at this time, right, like the, the masculine word, the, the male uh, words and whatever it, the labels are, they hold a little more weight in that culture. And what Jesus is trying to do is show how important and who God is and knowing that, that this God, our God, is much bigger than anything we experience on earth. Much bigger than our humanly fathers. And so then the prayer moves on. Who art in heaven. We think about, right, when we think about heaven, uh, I, I always think about a, a child, right? Child, children's questions are so amazing. And one of the questions that kids always like to ask when they're first kind of learning these pillars of faith, what is heaven? Where is it? 
And, and you sit there, even as a pastor, you sit there and you're like, oh, I don't really know how to answer this question. A lot of times, right, we probably talk about how heaven is above the skies, right? So you see the sun and the moon, and, and above that, that's where heaven is, right? And, and I think probably at this time, that might be what these communities, you know, how they believed. Because at this time, they did not have uh, some of the knowledge that we do today. They didn't have the ability to know that there is this, this space that goes outside of the atmosphere. And, you know, we know even today the galaxy that we live in. It's just one of a, of a bunch of different galaxies. So, you know, when we, when we talk about heaven kind of being a dome over the Earth's atmosphere, that's great for kids, and, it, and it's a great way to give them that concept of, of God uh, and of where heaven is. But heaven is, is much bigger than that, right? Because the world that we know so much more today. But heaven is that dwelling place of God. And I would argue that while heaven extends out past all the galaxies and, and all of the, the different things in space, that heaven also extends with us here on earth. That every breath we take is a breath in heaven. It's way more than this, this idea, right, that we... We share when kids ask, what is heaven? Where does God live? It's way more than that. Every breath that we experience with God, that we are with God in heaven. So heaven reaches here and extends all over in places that we don't know about. And so... God in heaven, right? That makes sense. You know, God in this heaven and how heaven extends here and that reach extends even further. Now here's the one that I really enjoyed getting to kind of dive in. Hallowed be thy name. So a lot of times, right, when we first initially think about this, hallowed be thy name, it's almost like we're talking about, you know, may your name be holy maybe. Because when we think of hallowed and we go and we look at all these Greek words and things that I don't know much about unless somebody else uh, writes it in a book because I don't know Greek. Um, hallowed is very similar to kind of the word holy. And so, you know, we tend to say like our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy be thy name. But there's way more than just that in those words. Because if you go and you look at the Greek even more in the way in which it's translated, um, it also, hallowed specifically, right, is, uh, you know, while it means holy, it also means to kind of um, live out that holy. And so when we think about this, when we're saying, yes, holy be your name. But I think what Jesus is trying to convey to us is that we, sitting here, those who have God as our Father, the God that is in heaven that we are experiencing, that we are 
to be people that show God in this world. We are the ones that have the ability to make God's name holy in this place by fulfilling that purpose and and really sharing with others who God is in their lives. And I, I really do think that it's so fitting that we talk about this on uh, the weekend in which we celebrate uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, because he really understood something that culture did not at the time. He understood that each and every one of us, no matter who we are, no matter what we looked like, that we were created in God's image. Whether we were male or female, whether we were black, white, Hispanic, Asian, no matter who we are or where we come from, whether we are come from a lower uh, income family or we come from a privileged family that is high income, no matter where we are, no matter if we are from Alabama or Mississippi, I think Dr. King was trying to share with culture and with us today as we still are trying to learn that we are all created in God's image. Each and every one of us. And it goes back, right? Like he's fulfilling that purpose. He's honoring God with his ministry, with his actions, showing how God works in the world today. And he's also going back to the very first word. Our Father. It's not just my Father. It's our Father. So he truly took his life. And, and he did this, this saying, Hallowed be thy name. He lived out that holiness of who God was. That purpose that had been put before him. Because what, what he did in his life was trying to help people acknowledge that very first word, our Father. And, and I don't know for you, but I know for me, as I did my research as I kind of looked at this prayer. I have not looked at this prayer in, in a way that like really makes me shake, right? Because it's something that um, we do every week. It almost becomes like a habit that we just kind of say. But as I sat in my office, as I read just through these very first lines, and I'm like, wow, what Jesus is conveying to his disciples and what what then we are able to learn with this prayer, it's much bigger than the 30 seconds to a minute or however long it takes us to say it on Sunday mornings. So to stop, just with those lines, I, I'll be honest, I haven't looked at next week's stuff. I'm not very good at working ahead. But the meaning 
that has just come alive with our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. That right there alone can transform lives. That right there shows that the God we worship is much bigger than just this church, much bigger than just our denomination, that this God that we worship, it is all of our gods. And we get to experience heaven on earth. And for us, knowing that, being able to live out that holiness of who God is and to help others know that they too have our God with them because our God is their God. And we all are able to live in community with one another and with our God. And so now as we are about to go to the table, let us pray those words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And so I, I also encourage each and every one of us, as we continue to go through this prayer together, pray this prayer every day. And think about the words that we are saying. So that these words help transform our lives and help others know of who God is in theirs.